I said a hip hop. Hippie to the hippie the hip hip hop, and you don't stop. Rock it out bubba to the bang bang boogie, boogie to the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the key. That was the rapper's delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. You kids might not know this song, but I do. Because I am a robot and I know everything. For example, I know Gabriel will be in Pendleton, Oregon May 2nd. Baker City, Oregon May 3rd. And Moscow, Idaho May 4th. He is also at the Tacoma Comedy Club in Tacoma, Washington, May 9th through 12. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates, go to GabrielRutledge.com. Bang bang, the boogie to the boogie, say up jump, the boogie to the bang bang boogie, let's rock, you don't stop. Episode 18 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. Here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Checkity check, check. Okay, we're rolling. I hope this sounds okay. Uh, I have a new recording. Well, it's not a system. I bought a fancy microphone for my iPhone. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully it sounds okay. Maybe it sounds better. I don't know. Uh, I have been traveling with uh, my microphone, microphone stand, my Zoom H4 recorder. And uh, it's a lot to pack, so I'm trying to downsize. Also, every almost every time I've uh, brought my uh, microphone, uh, when I packed it, I get stopped. I get searched. My bag gets searched at the airport uh, at TSA. Uh, and it's not it's not because of the microphone. It's like the little the disc for the microphone stand sets off some sort of alert. And so. Uh, they have to search it, and then they're like, "What is this?" I'm like, "It's a microphone." And then they're like, "Are you a, are you a musician?" I'm like, "No, it's for, it's for a podcast." And for some reason, it feels very shameful to admit to a TSA agent that I have a podcast. I don't know why. Yeah, I have a podcast. <laughs> I mean, you're listening to a podcast, good person that you are, but uh, people in general, aren't that familiar with podcasts. And I I know that. I, uh, I, I said to myself when I started this podcast that I am going to every single night tell the crowd I have a podcast. I have to give this podcast a chance. I have to be my own publicist. I'm going to tell every crowd I have a podcast. Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge. Please listen if you are a podcast fan. And, uh, it's funny because, uh, when I say on, on stage, if any of you guys are into podcasts, I just look out into the sea of faces and man, it's not a lot. It is not a lot that are even listening to any podcast, let alone mine. Uh, in fact, the other night, uh, someone came up to me and they're like, how do I get the podcast? And I said, oh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's online. He's like, well, how much does it cost? And I was like, it's free online. He's like, well, how do I get it here? He thought I was going to sell him a podcast like it was a DVD or something. That's the level of knowledge that uh, some people <laughs> have of what a podcast is. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm in the uh, – I'm in Securicuse? Uh, I just made up a new name, Securicuse. Um, Syracuse. New York, central New York. I'm not going to pretend I knew that before I came here, but it's central New York. Uh, working the funny bone. Uh, this week, it's been fun. It's in a mall, uh, which is fine. It doesn't really feel like a mall when you're inside. And then after the show, when I have to sell merchandise, I am selling merchandise in the mall. Like I have a table just out there. Just out in the mall, like it's a shitty kiosk. Like kids are walking by, like, what do these shirts say? I'm like, these aren't, I mean, you can buy one if you want, but they're not for you. I've had fun shows, man. It's such a, a blessing. I I almost paused before I said blessing, but I'm going to say it. Unironically, hashtag blessed uh, to work these funny bones, man. It's uh, They're all such good clubs. 
And, uh, I mean, I know most of the crowd uh, is papered, as we say, in the business, meaning they got free tickets. And the club will make money when they buy drinks and food. I know it's free tickets. I know these aren't Gabriel Rutledge fans. But, I mean, 200-plus people a night, I don't care if they paid or not. It's fun. Um, and uh, the crowds have been great. Uh, I... Uh, <laughs> I had a fun interaction with uh, with a lady who uh, uh, I was talking about uh, scrotums because I'm a professional comedian. I was talking about scrotums, uh, and she she volunteered to the crowd of 200 plus people that she had complimented a man's scrotum before. Which, which I am fine, by the way. You guys look worried. That's sweet. Um, everything's fine. I think it's hard to tell. It's not like I was a scrotum model before, honestly. I like how that sweeps over the crowd, like, is that a real job? <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think it is, because no one has ever said the sentence, nice scrotum. No one's ever said that. <laughs> you have? Did you say you had? I know how my joke ends. Let's talk to you for a second. <laughs> What's that? woman said that's a nice set of balls, I'd be like, she was taught to compliment something <laughs> to distract from the thing she's not complimenting. <laughs> I don't like your package, but surrounding it? Great. <laughs> Shitty picture. Nice spray. <laughs> I should write that down. That was pretty good. Next album's gonna be called Shitty Picture, Nice Frame. You guys will be like, we were there! And uh, I also met a guy named Gary. I love Gary's. It's always nice to run into a Gary. I had a guy message me on Facebook. Remember me from third grade? Fucking no! Not even close, Gary. And you know I'm not talking about a young guy. When's the last time you met a baby named Gary? It's been a while. If I ever meet baby Gary, I'm assuming he can change my transmission already. <laughs> that kid came out with an oil rag. He's ready to work. <laughs> Do you have a baby Gary at this table? Yeah. Is your name Gary? Yeah. Only if she says it is. Only if... <laughs> you made this sad, sir. How old are you, Gary? Uh, 25. 53. All right, prosecution rest, no more questions. 53, prime Gary demographic. What's your job, Gary? Let's profile. Auto body? Auto body? Fuck me! I should leave right goddamn now. Did we go to third grade <laughs> Only if you got held back seven times, but whatever. <laughs> Auto body. God, I feel good about myself right now. I'm not as good as you should, sir. Nice set of balls. I, mean, I thought I knew what love was. I don't. So the shows have been great. Um, I got one more tonight. I'm recording this on Sunday. Um, I'm sure Sunday won't be. It's always kind of weird to leave on a Sunday because it's, you know, usually not quite a, as good of a crowd it is, as it is on the weekend, but whatever. I'll do what they want. They're paying me. And I don't, I don't even fly out to like 2.30 p.m. tomorrow, which means I can, uh, drink tonight. That'll be fun. Have you guys ever tried alcohol? <laughs> Holy shit! It's so good! I would recommend it. I don't know if you're on the fence about drinking. It not only is delicious, but it makes you feel warm emotionally. I think kids should do it. Yeah, it's controversial, but I think I think kids should drink alcohol. Tough day, tough day in second grade? Who wants a shot of whiskey, kids? We'll, <laughs> we'll put it in a syringe, like when we give you the kid Tylenol. 
<laughs> All right. I've never given my kids drugs. I mean, I've given them plenty of drugs, but, uh, you know, for legit reasons. I've never given my kids alcohol. Uh, I did give my son a drink of beer once when he was like a little kid, and that backfired because, you know, he just spit it out because it was gross. And then uh, we were at a restaurant like a month later, and he, he had some root beer, and uh, he had a drink, and then he loudly said, so the whole fucking restaurant could hear, he goes, wow, this is way better than beer. I'm like, okay, my six-year-old doesn't drink, everyone. You get Eyes on your own table. How about that? Focus on your own appetizers. I think every parent, though, has had, uh, like, let's say your kid has a cough, and you're giving them some cough medicine that also makes them drowsy. And then the cough seems to be getting a little bit better. But you're like, I mean, they might not need this medicine anymore, but let's go an extra couple of days just to take the edge off. Just to take a little bit of the kid edge off. Or drink the cough syrup yourself. Why not? I knew, I mean, I knew kids. Before you can get alcohol, I mean, I knew kids who drink cough syrup, and it's really disgusting. I would never do that. First alcohol I ever got drunk on was uh, Boone's Farm like apple blossom flavored or something. It was so bad. It's so bad to get drunk and have heartburn. That's not, it's not a good way to go through life. Uh, Friday night, as I tweeted, at Gabe Rutledge, by the way. Are you following me on Twitter? I mean, you can if you want. That's how good I am at promotion. If you want, no pressure. I know there's a lot of accounts out there. <laughs> I have one of them if you... If you're bored, uh, I tweeted, I, I am walking in Memphis is a great song drunk right now, which, uh, I don't know, for some reason I was thinking about that song. And so I listened to it on YouTube. You know, that song, I was walking in Memphis. Uh, I don't ever recall thinking that was a great song. Uh, but for some reason I was thinking about it and I listened to it when I was drunk and I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, and I was kind of jokingly tweeting that, uh, walking in Memphis was a great song because, uh, you know, like I said, I've, it's never been my jam or anything, but then somebody responded and they were like, I love that song. Have you heard the Tom Jones version? The Tom Jones cover is even better. And then, you know, I'm drunk. I listened to the Tom Jones version. I'm like, it is fucking better. Um, and then in the light of sobriety, I was like, yeah, it's still not my favorite song. It's, it feels like a Christian rock song a little bit. I know it's about Elvis, but maybe there's one line in it that's like, uh, she said, are you a Christian child? I said, ma'am, I am tonight. Everybody walking in Memphis. Yeah, it's a pretty corny song, but I'm not here to yuck someone else's yum. That's not my job. You enjoy it if you like it. I remember uh, my biggest memory of that song is I, I, I was working, the first time I worked a club in Salt Lake City, Wise Guys, the, the day before the club started, we, there was a one-nighter like two hours away in some small town, and uh, the guys I drove with, I don't know why, I think we got, got drunk except the guy driving, and then, because uh, it's exciting when you... <laughs> If you live in Utah and you do drink, you have to go. We went to like Wyoming. You have to go out of the state to like buy the good alcohol. I think their laws might have changed. But at that time, uh, Utah, you had to be a private member of a bar to go drink. And the alcohol was weak. Uh, it's like two point something percent beer or whatever. So anyway, we went to Wyoming, got drunk. On our way home, on repeat, we just listened to Walking in Memphis over and over and over again for the entire two-hour drive back. And uh, I don't work that club anymore. Uh, I think one of the comics quit comedy, and the other one is not alive anymore. Hey, comedy podcast, everybody. Memories aren't always good. So, yeah, fun times uh, here in Syracuse. The Qs. I noticed they're trying to get that hashtag trending. Hashtag the Qs, which uh, I love it when a city uh, tries to be hip. I love Olympia, my beloved home. Uh, it tries to do that. There's a hashtag, why I go downtown, 
which in an effort to get people to go downtown, but I've never, I've never used the hashtag not sarcastically. Like the other day, my wife and I uh, went to lunch downtown and there was a guy puking in a crosswalk. Some homeless guy just <laughs> vomiting in a crosswalk. And I said to my wife, hashtag why I go downtown. So I've never said it not jokingly, but uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on in this country, by the way. And uh, as you know, this podcast is not about solutions. Uh, but what is up with the homeless problem? Holy shit. Every town, Olympia for sure, Seattle, anywhere in the world, tent cities. I mean, there's always been homeless people, but like it's really bad right now. And I don't know, I guess it's everything. I know it's mental health. I know it's uh, heroin and opiates and I guess the housing crisis, but I don't know. It's like, it's a long way between rent being expensive and like, I'm going to live in a tent city, but I... I guess it's all of those things, and maybe the maybe the drugs is the biggest part. But man, I mean, anywhere in Olympia that there's a patch of woods, there are people living there. And uh, that did not used to be the case, and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and allegedly, the, uh, the economy's doing good. Uh, according to the president, it's the best it's ever been, ever. But that, that part of it's not... Uh, that's not a sign of a good society when the people who live in tents is growing. That can't be good. I'm uh, I'm tired. I'm tired, you guys. I'm not even physically tired. I'm uh, I'm gonna call it spiritually exhausted. <laughs> oh, I was uh, I was dropping my daughters off at school the other day, and somebody was like, oh, "I was looking at your schedule online and." Man, if I was, how are you not tired all the time? And I'm like, I am. I am tired all the time. You can't, you can't go to like Tucson one week, Syracuse the next week, Eastern Oregon the next week without, uh, without being exhausted. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it, this is. Uh, I don't take for granted what I get to do. I mean, I actually make money doing comedy. There's so many people who wish they had my life. Maybe not specifically my life. <laughs> they might want my wife. Take my wife, please. They want my... They want, they, I told you I was spiritually exhausted. They might want my life, but they probably don't want like to live where I live and have a family <laughs> of five. But uh, they might want my comedy career. But uh, it's... So, yeah, I'm not shitting on the whole thing like, oh, this job sucks, but it's a ton of hard work. And there's a lot of the way comedians talk about comedy is like it's almost like, oh, I can't believe we get paid for this. Fuck that. I should get paid for this. It's a lot. It's a ton of work. Like even we people are like uh, like oh what do you do for fun on the road and don't get me wrong there's some weeks where I do have a lot of downtime and I should have a hobby but like that this week for example I flew in uh, Thursday night landed at midnight in the queues uh, went to my hotel went to bed about 1:30 2 a.m. had to get up at six to do radio. Uh, you know, got some breakfast, took a nap, got up, did two shows. Saturday, yeah, slept in. Did two more shows. Uh, today's Sunday, I'm doing this, and then tomorrow I leave. That's not a lot of time for like, oh, I went to a museum. You know, it's almost, if you ask a comedian, like, what do you do for fun on the road? That's like asking a, a truck driver, what do you do for fun on the road? You know, when you're dropping off, uh... When you're dropping off your load at Target, uh, what do you do after? Do you bowl? What are your hobbies? My hobbies are drinking and napping. Those are my hobbies. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure you're supposed to keep this schedule of road work that I'm keeping. I don't, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure the human body and mind is made to do the schedule I'm doing because uh, it's, 
look, you're supposed to maybe get a writing job or do some TV work or not have to go on the road so much because you're doing stuff in New York City or L.A. And look, that's a whole different set of stresses, and it doesn't mean you're less busy. But, uh, I mean, the most, you know, every week I'm doing something. And uh, something on the road, almost. And, uh, yeah, there's times... There's times it gets a little overwhelming, but, uh, you know, what else am I going to do? Deliver pizza again? I don't think so. Not with these gas prices. Although I did like delivering pizza. That was a fun job. That's kind of why, that's kind of why, by the way, that, uh, <laughs> you know, there's always something we're supposed to be doing. If you're a comedian, it's you know, like, I guess a podcast is one of them, or, you know, oh, you know, there's a lot of talk of, like, what you should be doing to get a following, you know what I mean, oh, it's all about Instagram, it's all about Twitter, you gotta make some YouTube videos, you gotta, <laughs> Facebook, like, I've been doing comedy since, you know, since the turn of the century, um, and, uh, you know, I, it was MySpace, right? It was like, Dan Cook's got a million MySpace fans. That's how you do it. That's I've been chasing these things for so long that the next thing we're all supposed to do that I don't, uh, I mean, I still do these things, but I don't, when someone says, you know what you should do? My first reaction is shut the fuck up. I don't want to know what I should be doing, okay? Uh, I'm doing 200 shows a year. Is that something I should be doing? Uh, I have a podcast. I have four albums. I have tons of video clips on YouTube. I wrote a book. Does any... That's not enough? That's not enough? I have three children I'm trying to raise to not be assholes. I have a wife I'm trying to keep. Like, that's not enough. You know what you should do? Nothing. I should do less. Don't tell me to do more. I should be doing less. Enough already. I'm tired. Spiritually exhausted. I don't want to do more. I want to just... I don't care if I have fans some days. I mean, of course I want fans. And I, if you if you identify as my fan, thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, not that that's... <laughs> like that's a gender identity. Like, how do you identify... <laughs> Man, woman, my pronoun is Gabriel Rutledge fan. Please refer to me as a Gabriel Rutledge fan. It's going to be awkward, but thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear what the thing I should be doing next. I don't want to, uh, someone's like, oh, you should, uh, you should be videotaping your podcast. I don't want to videotape my podcast. I don't want to do that. I already don't have guests because I don't want to organize that. So uh, I'm doing enough. What, how many things do I need to put out? Like, you know, uh, I, I, I want, you know, I, I have what I hope will be like a special pretty soon that will be available. And I would love that to be available on, on a big scale. But if it's not, oh, fucking well, I'll put it, I'll put it in the pile of shit for people to ignore that. I've, you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've done a lot of stuff and I'll keep doing a lot of stuff. And uh, as long as I'm busy, I guess I don't necessarily need the validation of uh, a lot of social media followers or a lot of uh, uh, a lot of people who call themselves my fans. Um, I'm too busy to be famous. Does that sound dumb? I feel like I'm too busy to be famous. Uh, well, I'm not doing any of the things to, you know, no one gets famous living in Olympia, Washington. Uh, but even Kurt Cobain had to move eventually. But, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, most days I don't wake up thinking, how can I build my brand? How can I, uh, <laughs> how, how can I, uh, how can I motivate my fan base? How can I don't think of those things? I think of, uh, you know, where I'm going to eat. <laughs> I I think about shit I have to do for my kids. I think about calling my wife. You know, I'm living my brand. I can't build my brand. 
I'm tired. I'm spiritually exhausted. Which is why maybe maybe this is as famous as I should get because I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm willing to do the things you need to do to uh, go to that next level to really uh, I mean if you follow Kevin Hart on social media holy shit he's like hosting uh, 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 morning runs for his fans hey come meet me down at this park we're all gonna go jogging like I'm not I'm not gonna do that I mean I might I might host a I might host a whiskey ginger hour. Late at night, hey, 1 a.m., everybody, all you Gabriel Rutledge fans, hashtag, uh, hashtag whiskey ginger shots. I mean, I don't know. I, I have all the social medias. I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing all the stuff, but I just can't care every day. Uh, I also have to be a human. And uh, it's, hard, it's hard to have a job where there's always something you could be doing. Hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, If you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, But if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, It's easy. It's free. Uh, They distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which... uh, Apparently, it's just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship, but I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So, worth it? Of course it is. Uh, Go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of The Rutledges. You know, it's, uh, I don't know what the most satisfying occupations are. I think they have to be occupations where you make something and then you're done with it and you can look at it and go, I did it. Uh, Like, I don't know, woodwork. I made a chair. It was wood. I made it a chair. Look at it. Or maybe food. I made a meal. There it is. Uh, I feel like that's got to be much more satisfying than a job that is never done, where you're never technically off the clock, where you could be, oh, I should be doing something, I should be tweeting, I should be podcasting, I should, you know, I should be editing video, I've been trying to edit videos, uh, and I suck at it, I don't, I have to watch all these tutorials, and then I get pissed off, and give up, and, you know, the other side of that is I am not good at woodworking, so that would not be satisfying. I guess it's only satisfying if you can make a chair that looks good. If you make a three-legged lopsided chair, then you're like, I made it, but it sucks. That's not satisfying. Uh, but yeah, that the the uh, the never being done thing bothers me about comedy. Uh, I mean, you can be done. I mean, I, I guess that's what the drinking's for. <laughs> that's my brain punching out. <laughs> Shift is over. Uh, but yeah, when the, the, the fact that there's always something you could be doing, uh, is a little bit exhausting. Um, and also writing material is like the 12th thing on my list and I wish it was higher, but it's, uh, I almost write material by accident when I'm busy trying to do all the other shit. I'm sending out emails to get clubs to book me and then, uh. You know, I don't wake up every day going, what am I going to write? I wake up every day thinking, what emails do I have to send? Uh, Which, uh, you know, which is fine. It's a business. You know what? I'm doing good. Things are fine. (laughs) I'll be okay. I go home tomorrow after a really relaxing cross-country flight, and I'll be back into the kid shit, and I'll wish I was on the road. And then I'll go on the road and wish I was home with the kid shit. So, uh, yeah, life's fun, just never at the right times and never in the right order, but that's okay. Hey, this podcast has a sponsor. They might want their money back after that less bitching session, but if you would like to sponsor a podcast of a podcast episode, uh, it's five bucks. Send me a message on one of my 
various social medias or an email, gabriel at gabrielrutledge.com, or whisper it to the wind, and then the wind will tell me. Write it down, uh, give it to your Postmates delivery person, and they will bring it to my house. I actually saw, I saw one of those Postmates bags just like on a sidewalk just laying on a sidewalk and it made me it made me think of the backstory of like someone who had been doing working for postmates and was just like you know what fuck it i'm done throws the bag down i'm moving back in with my parents i'm sick of this shit ah uh, sponsors here we go uh this week's sponsor as last week as, the whole month the whole month Satanssnugglers.com. And in case you're wondering what Satanssnugglers.com is, well, it's only the coolest cartoon cat make-believe meowter cycle club on the internet. Yeah, there's more than one. This is the coolest one. This is what this is. This is cool. Uh, you send Satanssnugglers.com a face pic of your kitty. Your kitty gets cartooned digitally. And then your kitty is added to the club roster. Uh, and what do you get? You get like a t-shirt, a cap, a koozie, a patch, a button, all with your kitty's cartoon face on it. Uh, that costs $60 for that pack or uh, two for a hundred or, you know, you can just, just get the shirt, the koozie or the cap, the patch uh, on its own. And, and maybe if you have a dog, uh, you can do that. They have piston puppies also. Uh, you can do. It's cool. Uh, satansnugglers.com check it out um, it'll be in the podcast details underneath wherever you're listening to this and uh, yeah check that out thank you very much satansnugglers.com for the five bucks this is not podcasting is not a hobby this is my profession I make up to five dollars an episode okay and I'm investing that money uh, mostly in Michelob Ultras and uh, it's going to pay off it's gonna pay off eventually. One of the uh, one of the radio shows that I did, I did like three radio interviews on uh, Friday morning, and one of them was having uh, a Kiss contest for the Kiss concert. It was like they had like four couples in studio, uh, and they had to kiss. They had to keep kissing. And, like, the last couple that was still kissing got free kiss tickets. Um, that's the backdrop of the interview I was doing. And also, you can't really... You're not going to make out for, like, a couple of hours. So they're just basically... These couples were, like, face-to-face -face with their lips touching. Just sort of dead staring in each other's eyes. <laughs> it was... It was like, uh, it, it was, uh, they were not having a good time. You know what I mean? They really were not having a good time. Uh, and uh, also, what a weird contest. I think that's one of the lines I said to the radio people. I'm like, this is a bad idea. Where's this going to go? Am, am I going to come back next year and it's going to be make a baby for white snake tickets? Or what's going on here? Uh, but they were still there. None of them had dropped out. They were still just face-to-face, lip-locked. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know if it was... I've never wanted concert tickets that bad, that I would just go... Uh, it was morning, too. You know, it was just gross coffee breath for three hours, just... <laughs> I mean, I love my wife, but I don't want to... I don't want to be stuck to her lips for that long. I mean, you almost... I mean, you almost would... Maybe after an hour, you should start making out again, just to not be bored. Uh, but yeah, my money was on the, there was an older couple there, and I'm like, they're, they're going to win. Because, uh, you know, they've been through the ups and downs, and uh, they're used to following through on something, even in times that uh, the passion is not there. Okay? They've been married like 25 years. All right? Not all of those years not all of those minutes and days uh and months did they have the spark okay they can fake kiss for a couple hours they admit they're worse shit than that it's the young couple so we're gonna be like i'm bored i don't even like kiss so they were gonna be out 
Also, I don't know why young people like, there was a couple that was like in their early 20s. I'm like, why do you even like Kiss? What creepy uncle got you into Kiss? You should not like Kiss. I don't know, you should like Ariana Grande or something. I don't know. I don't know what the kids are into. I said a hip hop. Hippie to the hippie the hip hip hop. And you don't stop rocking out bubba to the bang bang doogie. Doobie to the doogie to the rhythm of the boogie the key. I was thinking about, uh... Well, I've been thinking about new material because I need to write some, to be honest. I'm, I'm recording in Tacoma. It's the second part of my recording I'm going to do for what will be a special in an album. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm ready for, uh, I'm always writing new stuff, but I need to write a lot of new stuff. I need to move on a little bit. And uh, I, I kind of, you don't know what you're going to be good at when you start comedy. You don't know what what sort of comedy you're going to do. I'm gonna, am I going to do one-liners? Am I going to tell stories? Am I going to be clean? Am I going to be dirty? Am I going to be speak truth to power? Uh, I wish I could be dirtier. Uh, and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm happy slash proud that if I need to work clean, I can do it. It's not a problem. And financially, that definitely pays off for me. But... I, uh, sometimes I try to do dirty bits and people don't really accept them from me. I'm not, I can swear, I can talk about sex, but if it's like too specific, uh, it's not really what an audience wants to hear from me. Uh, I guess a couple episodes ago, I was talking about the, my hot tub sex joke where I, where, where I said, every time I have sex in a hot tub, I think, how are we underwater? And it's still dry. It's, that was a one out of three nights that joke would work, and that's not enough for me to keep it. It's, you know, I had a, I, I had this joke on my YouTube page uh, for a while. I had this video of, uh, like, a dirty talking with my wife that went bad. And, uh, and then I realized I was trying to do it on stage, and, like, most crowds were not that into it. And then I just, I ended up making the video private, because maybe I'll play it. I'll play that video. Uh... It's uh, it's not publicly available anymore, but it's just too personal. It's about sex, and it's like really close to what actually happened, but uh, it's not what people want from a Gabriel Rutledge comedy show. Have you ever uh, dirty talked and then the person didn't hear you? I feel very alone right now. I'm not a great dirty talker to start. Either of my wife, we're not good dirty talkers. It's very, like, medical. It's like penis, vagina, insertion. We're just sort of describing what's actually happening. Penetration. That's not hot. But I don't And also, like, I don't know. If, if you watch uh, adult movies, uh, dirty talk is very aggressive. Very aggressive, and I'm not, you know, it's like, you like that dick? It's always, and I've never been that angry or confident in my life. But for some reason, I think that was like in my head. I guess I was feeling it. I, I wanted to dirty talk. But I started to say that, and then I realized I can't say that. That's not me. And so for some reason, I just go. I just go, do you like dick? <laughs> Not even mine! In general! We've never talked! How do you feel about them? But luckily, she just goes, what'd you say? anymore, we're arguing. <laughs> and it's never good to have an argument where you end the conversation by telling me, I said, do you like dick? <laughs> and she was like, I used to. 
like if you make up a dirty joke, then you can judge it. Then people can judge it. Like, you just made up this gross scenario uh, to try to amuse people. But when it's an actual thing that happened, it annoys me. I can't tell people about it. It annoyed, you know, I had uh, uh, this thing happened to my wife and I that I thought, like, after it happened, I'm like, oh, I have to talk about this on stage. And then I did, and it never, <clears throat> it never worked the way I wanted it. Uh, but it was so weird. It was so, okay. My wife and I went out on our anniversary. Uh, I don't maybe three years ago, two years ago. And uh, <laughs> we got in an argument. Uh, which is not good when you pay a babysitter. <laughs> so you can go to a restaurant and argue with your wife. It wasn't a great time. We were it was a kind of a rough patch. Uh So we we it was it wasn't our best time as a couple. We were struggling. My wife's health was terrible. So we, we we're arguing, okay? We argue in the restaurant. Uh which is kind of a public argument, you don't want to be loud when you're sort of uh, almost clenched teeth, like whispering, like, well, maybe it's because you don't listen. Did you ever think about that? Like one of those stupid arguments. We go to the car. We go to our car afterwards. We continue the argument in the car. It's like, you know, it's emotional. There's tears. My wife is also upset. It's... <laughs> It's it's emotional. We're getting into some deep shit, okay? And also, you know, we're in the car, and then every once in a while someone will walk by the car. We'll stop talking. You know, we're like talking, and then someone walks up. So we're like, well, maybe it's... And then the person walks away. Well, maybe it's because you're an asshole. You know. So lots of pauses for uh, foot traffic in the argument. And then, so we're having this argument... There's an empty parking spot next to us. Someone pulls into the empty parking spot. Blue Prius pulls into the empty parking lot space. And, you know, I assumed someone wasn't going to get out of the car. I see there's a man in the car. I assume they're going to get out of the car. And then we continue can continue our uh, riveting discussion on uh, relationships. And then I realize he's not getting out of the car. And then I hear, at first I think it's music, like loud, like uh, loud music that we can hear in our car. And then, and then I realized he's not listening to music. He's watching porn. Like loudly through his Bluetooth speakers. He's watching porn. And my wife is the closest to him. It, it, he's on the passenger side. And she's like, is he watching porn? And we look over there and there's this guy just masturbating. He's loudly listening to porn, jerking off next to us. And we were kind of horrified, but also uh, we started laughing. Like, here we are, we're having this, like, one of the worst arguments we've ever had as a couple. And this guy is just going to town watching porn next to us in a fucking parking lot. And we just, I just started laughing, and I said to my wife, I was like, you know what? I think we're going to be okay. Sometimes the universe sends you a sign. And, uh... <laughs> Sometimes that sign is a masturbating man in a blue Prius. And I wanted I wanted to tell a version of that true story uh, on stage. And I tried, and people were just like, ugh, too real. Too fucking real. Uh, but man. Maybe that was my, uh, maybe that masturbating man in a Prius was my guardian angel. Maybe my guardian angel is a pervert, you know? Maybe he was up in heaven 
looking down like, wow, this is a bad argument. I should do something to distract them. I should do something uh, before this gets too bad. And they say something they can't come back from. And then the other angels were like, well, should we make a rainbow uh, to remind them that there's beauty in the world? You know, and my angel was like, no, I got a better idea. We still got that blue Prius. We went, my wife and I went back to that restaurant too. And, uh, uh, we did not argue and we also did not see the masturbating man. I feel like if we, if we brought up that to the, to that restaurant in Olympia, uh, <laughs> Tugboat Annie's, by the way, for you Olympia listeners, that's, uh, the number one restaurant in Thurston County to see a man masturbate in a Prius. Uh, I feel like if we brought it up to the restaurant, we're like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Well, last time we were here, there was a, a man angrily masturbating next to us in the parking lot. And they'd be like, oh, that's our ghost. <laughs> a man died out there years ago. Some say on quiet nights when couples are arguing, you can still see him masturbating. What a weirdo. What a goddamn weirdo. I mean... That's one of those things like, you know, if a woman tells you they masturbated in public, it's kind of hot. It really is. I don't know if it's right, but it's hot. Like if a woman was like, yeah, I masturbated in a, a Target dressing room, I'd be like, that's sexy. I like it. I'm all about it. If a man tells you they did, you're like, you son of a bitch. How dare you? Uh, but yeah, that's a different story. That's a, that's a different story if a woman pulls up to us in a Prius and starts masturbating to porn. Equally insane, but less threatening for some reason. Anyway, uh, look for beauty where you find it. That's the moral of that story. Hey, uh, if you leave me a, uh, uh, iTunes review, I'll read it on the podcast. I haven't checked recently. Hopefully there are some, um, I guess if you don't want me to read it, just give me a five-star review and say, don't read this, and then I won't. But I would love that. Uh, subscribe if you'd like. Um, tell a friend, I guess. I don't know. No pressure. <laughs> I'm really working on my brand. My brand is uh, check me out if you want. No pressure. Uh, my brand is I don't want to impose. Uh I appreciate you listening. I really do. The people who listen to this podcast are the greatest people in the world. I mean that. I've done the research. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded a plane. Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of the pouring rain. See handy, won't you shine a light on me? Yeah, I got a first class ticket, but I'm as blue as a boy can be. Then I'm walking in Memphis. I was walking with my feet, ten feet off a field, walking in Memphis. And do you really feel the way I Saw the ghost of Elvis down on Union Avenue. I followed him up to the gates of Graceland and I watched him walk right through. Now, security that did not see him, they just hovered around his tomb. But there's a pretty little thing waiting for the king down in the jungle room. When I was walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a wheel Walking in Memphis Well, do you really feel The way I feel They've got catfish on the table 
Thank you. Oh, yeah. 